once upon a cult. Once upon a time. Wait, we're not gonna do like a we're back, culties. We're back. You missed us so much. It's season two. I was so excited all day to do that, and you just you were gonna pass it by. We're back. <laughs> Why aren't you as excited as that? You know, well, what? I was gonna do that after the once upon a time. I think I'm really excited because this might be my new favorite cult. Oh my god, something's wrong with you. I know. No, you know I love my heavenscape. Yeah, but this one, this one was just. I feel like this cult has it all. Like it has everything. It's got sex scandals. It's got abuse. <laughs> Mental and physical. Only you it are excited about these words. A pyramid scheme. Wow. I love a good Ponzi scheme. Okay. Did you? Okay. I feel like in the 90s, too, Ponzi schemes were a big deal. Were your parents ever in a Ponzi scheme? Apparently, I found out my parents were part of Amway at one point. Okay. My parents were also in a pyramid scheme. So, and a friend of mine, um, her mom, I know, got her her first car, or I don't know if it was her first car, but I know she got a car that she had for a while from her mom's pyramid Damn. thing. I know. So that, I don't know. Anyways, well, let's start by saying um, we're back and we missed you all. And we got another freaking five-star review. Yes! Thank you to us, whoever gave us five stars. Yeah, we're up. Five out of five stars with five reviews. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Hey, also, um, if you have not checked out our Patreon episode yet, that is two something episodes. that, yes, two dose episodes, that is something that we've got available for you. We did our episode, of course, on the Millerites, and we had a really awesome episode where we actually interviewed a not once but twice cult member so yeah. yeah so if you're ever curious how you join not one but two cults check out yeah, our patreon <laughs> yeah two <laughs> it's on uh, patreon.com forward slash once upon a cult all is one word yes and the site looks awesome because i designed it oh Okay. Well, not the site, but what's on the site. <laughs> I was like, wow, thank you. Okay. No, not the Once Upon a Cult Our, site, our website. Patreon. Okay, yeah. You can take credit for the Patreon, but yeah. I did the other one. I was like, wow, just stealing my, stealing my work there. Okay. Can I do my Once Upon a Time now? Yeah, now you can go ahead and tell us a story. Once Upon a Time. <laughs> Have you been waiting all day yes. to do that? <laughs> Once Upon a Time, there was a horny popper of just... Looking okay. He wasn't a stud, but he was okay looking. He was not a he was stud. Not a stud. And I don't get it. And he decided, I want all the wives. So he went out on a journey to be all a prince. He started a pyramid scheme and he got all the and wives. Then he, and then he did another pyramid scheme. And another one. <laughs> he and he worked for a pyramid scheme as a kid. So we said we were gonna focus on a celebrity every episode. I'm going to tell them what celebrity. Okay. We are going to focus on Allison Mack, mm-hmm. who was on Smallville. Yes. So if you know anything about her, she was part of... Nixium. Nixium. I'd say if you've watched the news in the last year, because this is all fairly recent. It's very recent. Um, they were actually only sentenced in June of 2019. Yeah, the case isn't even closed yet. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like it's pretty, pretty new. So, let's go ahead and let's get into it. So, okay. So, let's meet our our main character in our story here. Superman? Uh, no. Oh. Keith Ranieri. Mm-hmm. Mr. Keith Ranieri. Um, there's not much that I was able to find about how he grew up and his childhood, which is definitely something I always find interesting about our cult leaders. So, I was bummed that I couldn't find it, but I did pick up with Mr. Ranieri when we get right out of uh, college. Well, let me add this real quick, because I did find this thing that predates your college. Yes. So, he came up, like we said, very poor, and his dad and mom divorced when he was really young, which struck me as kind of common throughout these cult leaders. Mm Mm-hmm. And his mom was an alcoholic. Oh, so, you got a lot more about yeah. his childhood than I did. <laughs> so even from a young age, he had to step up, and he actually 
started being, I guess, nocturnal would be the best word because she would come yeah. home drunk and right. you would have to stay up with and her. Take care of her. I did get, I did mm-hmm. hear something about that. And then his, he recounted to one of his girlfriends. So this is him saying it, but I guess his mom had noticed even at a young age, like I think 13. Mm hmm he would talk to other girls and be like, you are the most yes, special to yes, me. You I are heard so that. awesome. He would, but he would have, like, tons of girlfriends, yeah. and his mom was even concerned about the amount of girlfriends he would yeah. have. Like, what? That's too much poonanny. Yeah. <laughs> For your 13-year-old little peen. Get out of here. All right. Tell me more. Okay, so after college, he gets a job working for... Your mom and dad. Just kidding, because you just said your mom and dad were part of Amway. Uh. (laughs) He was part of Amway. So he was really kind of taken with Amway and their business model. (laughs) And decided that that was the business model he wanted to go for. And then I love, too, I love all the stuff that I've been watching on YouTube. It's all all shows about his his company that he started, which was Byline Product. Mm-hmm. Consumer Products, I believe, right? Consumers Byline. Consumers Byline. So he starts Consumers Byline, and I think that... So, okay. <coughs> Excuse me. First off, I think that pyramid schemes and cults are very, very close to one another oh, yeah. as it is. So for me, it's like I can see the easy transition from one to another. So... It's interesting how he he's taken so much by this this business model from Amway and is just so already easily influenced by it. <laughs> and and um, see now you're just distracting me. Sorry. Victoria's playing footsie yes. with my dick. Not intentionally, but <laughs> <laughs> they can't see that. Oh. <laughs> So back to the story. See, now I'm all flustered and I don't even know where mm-hmm. I was. Um, but so he's he's taken, though, with Amway. So he liked this business model, but he was also, at the time, very spiritual and very into spiritualism. Uh, he was into, like, yoga and um, meditation, and he was already living that that sort of lifestyle and he wanted to see how could I take this business model Mm -hmm. and adapt it to this this spirituality and this form of living so a cult was like (laughs) (laughs) unknown to him but he was like hmm how do I create a cult basically yeah so (laughs) well it's funny though too I'll just say this now I know we'll get back to it Mm -hmm. but I don't think it started off it had cult-like properties, but I think it had a lot of good to it, too. I was going to say, but just like any cult. Yeah, I know. I know. Just like <laughs> every single cult we've come across, I'm like, I, after, like, I really dig into it, I'm like, I could I could see how you guys would be taken with mm-hmm. that or how that could happen. Because I, I think so much we hear just the bits and pieces and the negative on the news. Yeah. You know, because the news isn't going to tell you, like, a story like, oh, hey, there's a cult and everyone's happy and it's actually functional. Right. They're going to tell you, like, 39 people died in a mass suicide by drinking purple Kool-Aid and all wearing Nikes. And then you're just like, wait, what the fuck? Right. And you that's all you hear of it, but you don't hear that we coerced this person for 12 years and groomed yep. them into this, you know? And, and so I think just all this research has definitely brought these people to a more human level, for, for me at least. And uh, so I think that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So let's go ahead, though, and we're going to get to 1998. And in 1998, Keith meets... Nancy. Nancy Salzman. Nancy Salzman. So, by the way, his um, you mentioned Consumers Byline. That's been yes. shut down in 96 because it's not a good business. Right. <laughs> and they are actually sued. Yeah. So that's where... <laughs> For being a pyramid scheme. I remember where I was going with my thought now. Oh, that okay. it was funny that all the pictures, though, I see of him talking about consumer byline are lit next to him like with a, a, a dry race board or something and it's literally a pyramid it's literally he's drawn out a pyramid scheme and our postmates is here <laughs> we're back how was your dinner um i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> postmates came and they left us food and we took a break and ate 
we ate, we, we posted, we That's had right. Mediterranean food, and it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty delicious, so. All right, back to Colts. Should we tell them how the Postmates delivery man was like, wait a minute, are you guys Sean and Victoria? I mm-hmm. can tell from your voices. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pyramid he, he rang the bell, gave me the food, and left it. That's, okay. that's all that happened. <laughs> So, yeah, so we were talking about how he took he took these ideas from Amway and wanted to apply it to a spiritual level. And so in 1998, he meets Nancy and they actually meet for four days. So their meeting lasted four days. And from these four, this four day meeting, we we birthed uh, ESP which stood for um, Executive Success Program. Yes. That's what it was. I had it in my notes, and I was getting to it, but I just remembered. It's the Executive Success Program, and it was designed to be, like, self-help ideas and teachings and courses you could take that would help you uh, on a humanitarian level. But much like every cult we see, the very first thing they do is they're like, hmm, I don't like my name. Yeah, let's change our name. <laughs> let's change our name. I'm waiting for you because I know you found why his oh, name yeah. and why, and I know you're probably so excited. So, so Keith goes by Vanguard, which is named after a video game. Mm-hmm. And then Nancy gets a super sexy name of Prefect. Prefect, yeah, which... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they they start. Um, so they basically have put together this whole self help workshop where the idea is kind of to pay for the classes that you need as you go. Mm-hmm. But of course, this is a business, so they want to hook people and keep getting right. them to pay for classes. And then you eventually could become a leader, too. It, it very much struck me at first, too. Like, as listening, I was like, oh, it's kind of like a franchise. Mm-hmm. You know? And then it's like, oh, no, it's like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> oh, no, it's a cult. Oh, no, it's a, a secret society. Yeah, it, it took on so many different hats. <laughs> yeah, it did. This one, that's why I said I love it, because it has it all. <laughs> So one of the first things that they do, and I listened to a podcast where we heard from a member, she really talked about, and this is something to tie back to what Victoria's talked about in the past, about how a lot of people kind of know, like, I'm getting Mm -hmm. into something weird. Right. And a few of these members were like, this first session was so weird, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Right, and these aren't just, now. these are people that are being brought in by friends, family, co-workers, people you already trust Mm -hmm. are bringing you to this. So... So you're you're more inclined to believe it, I think. Yeah, that's the scary part. But yeah, she said um, it was really weird. She didn't know she should be there. And one of the first things they kind of ingrained in her was they really talked about, like, her past causing her to have some sort of hookup. Mm -hmm. And if she leaves, she's never going to find out what that hookup is because she's not strong enough. Right. So they they kind of make you have this fear that other people are going to look down on you and you're not strong enough. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think something that's interesting, too, um, especially about this one in particular, is while a lot of cults go out and spread the word, before you could take these classes, you had to sign a confidentiality agreement, like, which made sense. Like, I'm not going to share your business practice. Like, if, if I'm being brought on as an employer, that makes sense for me to sign a confidentiality agreement. If I'm paying for a course then, yeah, I can understand them being like, hey, you're paying for this course, you can't share our materials. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, okay. Like, <laughs> So you have to sign this confidentiality agreement, and you have to, like, and that's just the first time. So, But um, but I thought it was very interesting how it was opposite our, our other cults, where they're, they want to get the word out there, and they, they focus so much on spreading their message, whereas this cult... The message is, like, we're going to give you an idea of what we do. We're, like, a humanitarian thing, kind of. Like, it's a big idea. We're a self-help group. 
but that's about all you're going to get. And like what we actually believe in our, what our, our core values are that you can't find out. Como se dice Scientology? Si. <laughs> but yeah, you're actually, right. Actually, I had heard that many of um, Keith's kind of rules and things that he would put into play did stem from his views and understanding of Scientology. Muy interesante. Right? But you're right. We see like with T and Doe, your other favorites, mm-hmm. and with um, like Majaya, they were printing pamphlets, yeah. writing books, like sending the word out. I was going to say like, there's so, like even the Millerites, mm-hmm. back, even back in like the late, ni- er, early 1900s, we they knew they needed to print and publish their message, and this group is just the opposite, like, opposite where they're like don't. But at the same time, this group had so many unique levels. Like we said, it wasn't just like a cult. This was also a, a business. It was a Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. It was the sex cult. It was also um, a a self-help group. I mean, there is definitely people that took things away from this as an actual help group, but then it was also a secret society. So I think because it was such a secret society is why we we know so little still it seems about this. Just a disclaimer, we're in Anaheim, not mm-hmm. far from Disneyland, yes. so I don't know if the fireworks will pick up, yeah, but it is 9.30. I was thinking that too. It's 9.30. It's 9.30. <laughs> I always know when it's 9.30. Yep. <laughs> so I found kind of a rundown of the rules and what this mm-hmm. kind of looked like. Yes. As much as I could. Right. Because I'll say this now, um, Raniere was very protective of his materials there were lots of lawsuits Mm -hmm. there were people spying on people he was he i think he knew like the stuff that we're doing here isn't right right so i need to keep it as close as possible yeah and i'm sure he started seeing too by now like because okay so we talked a little bit about how like in the 90s it seemed like ponzi schemes were kind of everywhere Mm -hmm. well now we're in like getting towards mid 2000s like almost early to mid 2000s and so we're starting to look back on all these pyramid schemes and and recognize the the red flags that they are Mm -hmm. people look at amway now and look at the negative um way that people look at oh that's a that's a pyramid scheme Mm -hmm. you know they're they're not a serious business but in actuality aren't they still in operation they are okay so i mean like uh, it's (laughs) It's a pyramid scheme. People still do but it. People still do it. The same with is it the are Amway the same as the knives? I, they're different. It's different. That but one was, I remember. I think, Cutco. Yeah, Cutco. Yeah. Yeah, and God, I remember. What is up with my exes? I so, had someone who was in Cutco and someone who was oh, in Amway. Oh, I know somebody that was in Cutco, <laughs> and I was also offered a job at Cutco, <laughs> and I was like, what? And I I never did it, but it was like that. That's a Ponzi scheme too. Yeah. So, so here's kind of. Some of the things they did, there was a ranked color sash system, mm-hmm. just like in karate. Mm-hmm. There is also a 12-point mission statement set up for the members to purge themselves of all parasites and envy-based habits. Yeah, and then he um, actually claimed to be, uh, Keith, he claimed to be a renouncia. Mm. And if you've never heard that term, because I know I hadn't, it's someone that basically gives up, claims to have to give up all worldly possessions. So it's like you're renouncing everything. It's just gone. Nope. It's just me. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. So I, I think he tried to, perm- to to tell people to live that life. But at the same time, at its height, Nixium was worth billions. Yeah. They well, built this as a... A big company. It was at one point the most, the biggest company in the U.S. Wow. Yeah, I found that over 17,000 people signed up in mm-hmm. total. Yeah. And but, that's that gets, that's a lot of money mm-hmm. because the introduction class, which is a, I'm assuming the cheapest of classes, comes in at just under $2,200. That's crazy. That's a pretty steep mm-hmm. price to pay for some self-help. <laughs> yeah. So also, I know we haven't gotten to her yet, but after each session, there was a picture of Keith and Allison posted that people would show their gratitude towards. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there was also a practice called exploration of meaning where a senior member would question a member about their childhood to unearth deeper issues in their life, which is one that I personally saw a friend go through in another, mm-hmm. we'll call it a cult. Yeah. Um, also this one. See, now that to me though, it's, that's definitely that, um, that digging for that information it, it strikes me as just so cultish because it's like, I need to know the most vulnerable mm-hmm. thing about you. And that's that's a very scary thing. And then not only now is it that um, this person knows this piece of information about you. They know it in a way that can hurt you and use it against you. So there's just so many. And now you're also, as the individual sharing this information, feeling like, well, this is somebody that I can I, I can share this with. So mm-hmm. you've trusted you're trusting this person and and they're just kind of manipulating a situation. And it's 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 really sad because the people most of the time involved are the people with the biggest hearts or, you know, people that genuinely care. I mean, all the people that were led in by recruit recruiters, too, were very misled as to what it was they were getting into. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a this is a women's group. This is a this is a self-help group. It's a an activist group. You know, it, it was portrayed in all these different ways. Nobody wants to say hey, yeah, this is a cult, why don't you come on over? We'll brand you and then throw you into some sex trafficking. Right. Well, and just to give a a clear example, um, one of the, I think, big names that comes out of this Mm -hmm. is Sarah Edmondson. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to a podcast with her on it, and she was talking about her breakthrough, with my quotes, was that she would fight with her boyfriend at the time over the dirty dishes. Yeah. And it was tied to her childhood. Her parents would fight over the dishes and got a divorce from it. So her epiphany was she doesn't like dishes because it makes her think of divorce, which I think a lot of um, cult scholars, mm -hmm. they look at that as a false epiphany. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to take anything from childhood and say, like, that's why this happens. Yeah. Now, see, in the same... The same thing that you just mentioned. I heard the same podcast and that same thing. And then she had said something and I was like, you know what? I can understand. Um, I, I can kind of understand why she would be so taken with this. Because they told her, they're like, well, it's not the dishes that you're mad at. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah, no, I, I know I'm not <laughs> mad at the physical dishes. But it's like, it makes you think like, like, oh, okay, now I need to deal with the real problem. Mm-hmm. Like, you're able to look at my my situation and identify the real problem the problem isn't that i hate these dishes sitting here in the sink it's i hate the fact that my husband left these dirty dishes in the sink Mm -hmm. and that's a bigger problem to deal with but because somebody a stranger can step in and identify it well it's like you're very taken with that how did you know how did you know (laughs) that yeah well no it's kind of obvious so and the last one i found was People who didn't believe in the program, we kind of talked about this, but mm-hmm. they were labeled as suppressives, and they were said to be Luciferians, lost people for whom bad feels good and good feels bad. Ooh. I know. I think I might join that. Group. I'm a Luciferian. <laughs> Definitely a fairy. I, I get that part. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah. So one of the other tactics that this cult used is we've talked about love bombing before mm-hmm. where basically everybody's just like you're amazing and you and, just get so much love yep and that is something well the interesting thing with love bombing to me is because for one they know that people these people in particular need it you know like mm-hmm. first of all you've made your this very easy for yourself because you set yourself up as a self-help group so you're you're promoting only P or you're attracting only people that want to help and are already vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that, I think that's a fair thing to say. So you're going after people that are already easy targets and they're, so they're, they're going to want to open up, you know? Right. And that makes sense. You're taking vulnerable people and just making them feel wonderful right right and beyond that they would do um like volleyball games they would do meetups and i even heard one member talking about how 
prestigious it was to get to talk to Keith. To Keith. I was going to say to get time with yeah. Keith was a huge deal. And the way Keith would set it up is he would play volleyball, I think it was every Friday? I think there was like a couple days in the week and they would yeah, go like to the sports barn. Yeah. And people would have to talk to their coach and be like, I want to talk to Keith. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, okay, I'll let him know, stand on the sidelines, and he'll come to you. It mm-hmm. may just be quick, up to three minutes, but... You'll get to talk to Keith. So yeah. there'd be these long lines of people. Just waiting to waiting talk for to their him. moment. Yeah. He must have been loving that. Yeah. He, this man was, I, I think he's probably the biggest narcissist we've come across. But he loved himself so much. And I don't understand because he was so hideous. I know. He was not attractive. Like, but then again, I don't, I don't get it because none of our cult leaders are. You know, like, and a lot of times I think, like, uh, well, maybe it's because they're from the 70s, so I don't get it because that's not what the trend of this time is. But this would happen in this day and age. You know what I mean? So I'm like, nope, nope, this guy's just really, really unattractive. How is he, like, charming not just women but actresses? Mm-hmm. Because he, well, we'll get into it in a second here, but... um. In 2006, three, 2003 is when an article came out regarding, I, I think it was a Forbes article, and it was regarding some uh, contributions that the Seagram sisters had made, um, and it was their father that was, you know, questioning, like, because they donated, like, $150 million. Mm-hmm. Dang. I know, and that, that's like nothing for them. Mm-hmm. But that's the other thing. Everybody in this cult was rich. Like, just a whole bunch. Well, you had to be. I mean, who else, too, is paying $2,200 for an initiation self-help group? Right. You know? So, 2003 happens. We've got this lawsuit, or this article that comes out due to a lawsuit, and they basically... Say, like, yeah, it's it's a cult. And yet, it's amazing because they're still not shut down. <laughs> and they continue to not just recruit, but in 2006, we get our first celebrity recruitment. Was it our first, though? Or, I don't know if it was the first. It wasn't the first, but I'd say this is when the cult starts to take on a new face. Yes, yes. And there's definitely some things that kind of start, start changing and we don't know when exactly DOS started forming. Well, let's start with okay. in 2006, we see Kristen Kruick becomes involved. Mm-hmm. And she played Lana Lang on Smallville. So she was like a major player on the show. Mm-hmm. Not like player, like player, but right. like player. Okay. <laughs> so she meets <clears throat> Keith. She's She falls in love with this cult. And then she's like, hey, you guys, I'm really close with my co-star. Her name is Allison Mack. Mm-hmm. So right away, we see um, 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 Nancy Salzman and her daughter, Lorena, mm-hmm. automatically see the potential. The opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So they fly to British Columbia, Vancouver, Vancouver, British Columbia, mm-hmm. and they immediately meet with Allison, who really takes to... Lorena. Mm-hmm. They get along right away. They're like BFFs. Right. She was, yeah, they were really, really close. And what's funny is Kristen doesn't actually stick with the cult, but mm-hmm. Allison stays pretty much for the rest of the life of the cult. And hers. And yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, Allison. So and Allison, Allison actually played a, a pretty vital role in the recruitment. Mm-hmm. Um, she... She, they had some pretty big names um, because, you know, in addition to, to her, at one point, I believe Rosario Dawson was in there for a little while. We talked about Sarah Edmondson. Um, India uh, Oxenberg was a daughter to actress Catherine Oxenberg from the show Dynasty, and her daughter was in there. And then we also had, at one point, um, a former president of Mexico as wow. a, a former Surgeon General member some other high entrepreneurial people and just real big big names 
Um, but Allison had a whole other list of targets that she was going after. Do you want to know who else she was trying to? Yeah. So, and then I'll tell you something too about India, the Dynasty girl's daughter. Okay. Because she got pretty in there too. Mm. So she was going after um, a few authors. She uh, she sent messages on Twitter to Amanda Hess. Jill Filipovic, uh, uh, Jennifer Pasteloff, uh, Katie Baker, and Noor Tagori. And they were all like feminism kind of authors and stuff. So she thought she could be like, oh, this is a women's group, or it's like an author's group, or just time management. Like various different types of, of topics, she would say. Uh, she also approached Beverly Mitchell. Mm. Do you remember her from Seventh Heaven? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, everybody used to call me Lucy because they thought I looked just like Beverly Mitchell, which I don't ever, I've never seen it. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. But even my best friend before I knew her, she would see me at different concerts and they would call me Lucy. Wow. Before I knew them. Yeah. Like, you know, that makes sense, though, because Allison was actually on Seventh Heaven for oh, really? at least an episode. I don't know how long. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she also approached uh, Kelly Clarkson. Oh, mm-hmm. never heard of her. Uh, no. How about um, Samia Shahoud? No. I don't know who she, she's an actress. I don't know who she is myself. Um, she also though went after Emma Watson. Oh, that would have been a get. You know, like that would have been a good one. Yeah, I saved her for last. That would break my sister's heart. That was her first lesbian crush. <laughs> <laughs> like we went to London, and every corner she'd be like, "Emma, is Emma here?" <laughs> Oh, and then um, as I mentioned, that India Oxenberg was actually a member of this cult, and she was—I don't know if Allison brought her on, but she was the granddaughter of Princess Elizabeth of Yugoslavia. Mm. So she was like a princess, and she was actually believed to be Allison Mack's personal sex slave. No, not sex slave. I, I shouldn't have okay, said that. Okay, I was confused. It was a sex cult, but there was slave, master slave, and then master. Mm-hmm. So it, it was like a hierarchy, but it was but the, the term that they would use is master slave. Right. Which is just like so... I, and even the girls said like, what? Like... Like, that's a real ballsy move to but, name your parents, yeah. your people slaves, and then they still go on with but it. But I think the key is, like, they all keyed into, yeah, this is weird, but, like... But you gotta put the weird out of your mind. But, like, for example, going back to Sarah, she had been living with these people for 12 years, mm-hmm. so she trusted them, and they're right. like, oh, master slave... And then her master even kind of blew it off as, oh, it's just a thing. Don't yeah. let it, don't get hung up on it. Right, right. It's mm-hmm. just the term for you're giving yourself up to your spirituality or some yeah. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and these people are just like the leaders in this. I feel like you're so quick. They're so quick they to are. respond. You've got an answer for everything. Mm-hmm. So should we start talking about DOS? Yeah, so DOS... um, Stands for Dominos Obsequium Sorority. Yes, (laughs) yes. But it was approach, or it was positioned to many of the the women, well, it was only women, (laughs) as as a, a women's group. And one thing I actually noticed is I went online today, and Nick Seam's website, it's... There's an archive version, so you can see, like, what content was there and whatnot. And I was looking, and they had different companies, quote-unquote, and there was a male version, too. There was. So, I wonder I wonder what went on in that. Yeah. Well, and what goes on there. Oh, right? actually, sorry. It's It means Master of the Obedient Female Companions, which I think right there, it... It's supposed to be, like, a feminist movement, but, like, just in the yeah, title... Yeah, it does not sound feminist at all. And just to kind of go off of what you said, this is what made me think of it. I heard a recording of mm-hmm. Keith talking to his flock, I guess I'll call them. Okay. And the way he talks to them, he, he preached a lot of polyamory. Yeah. But more from... But he didn't want the women, it seemed, to right. be like that. Because he would, he would preach men 
are not meant to be tied down. Right. Men are supposed to spread their seed. Yep. Women are built to be loyal companions. Mm Mm-hmm. Women are supposed to be with one man because Mm -hmm. they don't have orgasms all the time. They're not meant to have sex. Yeah. A lot. Like, men men have an orgasm every single time, so we just need to be out there, like, fucking everybody. I I heard that same thing, you know? I was just like... He said fuck a lot, too. He did. But so did, uh, what's his name? Um... David Koresh. Koresh, he yeah, did, you're right. Yeah, he would use a lot of profanity when talking to his people and stuff. And mm-hmm. So, I didn't explicitly hear this, but I kind of infer that a lot of what comes next with Allison, because she starts the DOS program, mm-hmm. and it very much subjugates women, and I think she did it more because Raniere was going to be... He was paying her to bring women to right. him. So, I think that's what pushed her to, to position start the people. program. Uh-huh. And, and I wonder, too, if it... Because I, I see her as the leader of DOS. She is, yeah. Yeah, and I wonder if it was not only a, a financial gain for her, but a power thing. That's got to be an intoxicating type of power to... Now you've got these women, and you've been able to brand them. Mm-hmm. So... In DOS, you go through an initiation ceremony, which first they blindfold you and take you. And it was Alice and Max's home that this all took place in. They would blindfold you and they'd bring you. And then one girl said she she recognized right away that she was because she was blindfolded. She's like, but I could I could just tell it was Allison's home. Mm-hmm. The smells and I could see a little through the the cracks in the blindfold, um, the floor, you know. So she's like, I, I knew I was in Allison's home. And so they go and um, into a like a basement type room, and they see there's like a, a like a massage mm-hmm. um, table, and it's obviously there for each of the girls because they thought they were getting tattoos. Yeah, they were told it would be about a dime size mm-hmm. cute tattoo. Yeah, and it was supposed to be a symbol representing fire, wind, right? Water, something ice, cute. Or something. Yeah, some sisterhood kind of sisterhood of the traveling pants fit. <laughs> I don't know, but what happened was it was actually more like the size of a silver dollar, and it's if you look at it, it is the initials of Keith and Allison. Did you see what it looks like? Yeah. I found it. Yeah, you can't see the initials very clearly. You can't tell initially that it's it's initials, but when they pick it apart, you're like 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 that the one girl Sarah was like, Oh fuck, I've got their initials. Yeah, that was terrifying. She realized like two months after she got it that fuck, these are initials of she didn't even know. This is Sarah Edmondson again. She didn't even realize Ranieri was involved. And right. she didn't want him involved. And now she has well, her, was his also, initials. It was also positioned that he was he didn't mm-hmm. even know about this. This was a women's only cult. Or not even a cult. It was a, a, a women's only help group. Because mm-hmm. women could relate to other women. And, you know, it, it was all about feminism. And that's what Allison Mack would use a lot yeah. of times with, with some of these women that she would approach. So, so I'll post or we'll post the picture because Sarah is like not shy to show it. You can find it easily, yeah. but we'll post it. But um, the initials are KR mm-hmm. for Keith Raniere and then AM for Allison Mack. And they're like put together in this cute little symbol. Weird little like way. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily just look at it and think, oh, that's someone's initials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then these women, when they joined, their master would tell them, like, we need to make sure we can trust you because we're going to be showing you a lot of secrets. So they would have to sign over the deed to their house or take naked pictures or incriminating evidence. Or a video, yeah, of telling their deepest secrets and something incriminating. So they they had... And I mean, it's just... That is just so crazy to me that, like, in this day and age, nobody was like, wait, What? Yeah. But I think finally Sarah is the one that kind of brought this all to a head. Well, when she saw, when she realized that she had initials on her, that's when she flipped out. Right. And I think, in my opinion, she had a lot to do with bringing down the cult. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think she had everything to do yeah. with bringing this cult down. So Because she realizes a few months after this the branding occurs and she sees what's going on that she doesn't want to be involved in this anymore. 
and she leaves and she bumps my understanding is that she runs into a friend and they end up making a podcast about it and it it basically seemed to have brought nexium down well, and so, even before that, I found in 2014, Ranieri's longtime partner, Kristen Keefe, mm-hmm. actually left him and she went to the media and her exact words were, he's dangerous mm-hmm. and all the worst things you know about Nexium are true. Yeah. So that, to me, was the start of the media looking more, in, more into it. Because they, yeah. they already knew it was a cult. They had their suspicions, but they didn't have any, like, evidence. But I don't think that things got as intense until they did in 2017 when they started branding these girls. Yeah. Because it was only those girls, that first initial group that was branded. Well, in 2017, a few things happened because, um, side note, um, Allison actually married Nikki Klein. And that, yeah, she married a woman. Uh And that got a lot of heat because... They were both in the cult. Yeah, they were both in the cult, and Nikki was also an illegal alien. So a lot of people figured that it was just for the green card. Yeah. But then also in 2017, um, there was a report on the Frank Robert blog and also in the New York Times talking about Nexiism in greater detail. Hmm. So that's when the public is really starting to get word of this. But you're right, because when Sarah, who is a Canadian actress... She had been in the cult since 2005, mm-hmm. and then, like we said, the branding happened around 2016. Yeah, and she was very successful in this She was. Cult. She ran she, her let's, own let's, wing. I was going to say, she had her own branch, uh, and at one point, she was making like 20 grand a month. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's pretty crazy money for when you've gone from no education and out-of-work actress... So now you're making 20 grand a month. You you want to be... I mean, I, I'm sure you'd want some sort of appreciation as well for that, you know? Yeah, and to Sarah's credit, to kind of make the um, branding not seem so outlandish, mm-hmm. they came to her when her business was starting to wane. She was not having returning people coming to the classes. She wasn't making as much money, so she was right. starting to get desperate. So that's when Lauren, or Lorena, who was her best friend... Mm-hmm came to her and was like, hey, there's a secret program. Let's get you in it. Right. So they really knew when to strike. Because I'm sure if at the height of her making that money, they came to her, she'd be like, no, I don't need it. Yeah, like, I'm doing fine. <laughs> like, exactly. what do you mean you want to fucking brand me? No. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so she did the podcast. Mm-hmm. And when a lot of people heard about the secrets behind it and the abuse towards women and the um she talked a lot about and this kind of made me mad she talked about how Ranieri would talk about how women complain about cults women are stupid women are not cults sorry cramps women Mm, complain mm -hmm. about cramps women don't pay attention to the surroundings I'm like dude like the stuff that women go through with their disgusting vaginas Mm -hmm. like cramps and childbirth like I don't know many men that would take that as easily as women. Right. Like, I think if we grew up with some of that stuff, we would be as used to it as women are. Mm-hmm. But you guys go through a lot. Yeah. And I, think, I don't think any woman <laughs> should... Sorry, I'm on a kind of a rant. But I don't think any woman should ever feel that they're lesser because of cramps. I think right. you should be proud of it and, like, carry it with you. And you know what's funny is some days I feel that way and some days I, I see her point. Like, a lot of days I'm like, no, I'm a woman. I could do anything. It doesn't matter if I'm on that period. Like, cramps aren't going to stop me. But at the same time, I don't take it. I, I take, I try to embrace it as, like, I can still do things, mm-hmm. you know? I'm I'm a woman. I can do anything, you know? But I, her point was very different because it was, like, that's an excuse women use. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's like, well, sometimes... and. and You know what I also think? I also think sometimes, yes, I do want to use my period to get out of shit. Because when I was in gym and it was swim class, then you better believe I was on my period. Yeah, you don't want jobs coming after you. That's right. (laughs) No, I would just lie and say it was my period all the time. My PE teacher was always like, is it always your period? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) You want to test that? You want to test it? And she's (laughs) like, yeah. Whoa. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like, um, I'm all about, like, being a woman and stuff too but i'm also about using excuses and Mm -hmm. i'm also about being strong so you're part of the problem 
No, I think I fit into like all. I I see it various ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what? With women, I'm gonna be real. Sometimes our moods are very different. Maybe one minute I feel like I can definitely take on anything because I'm on my period, but then my cramps might kick in. I'll be like, no, I have to go to bed. Hey, I'm a gay man. I understand your woman emotions. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so have we talked about that yet? The fact that you're gay. We brought it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We brought up my ex-husband in our introduction episode. We did. I know. I just like to tease you. So, on April 20th of 18... I know, they ruined 420. (laughs) Um, The FBI actually arrested Mac in Brooklyn on charges of sex trafficking, sex trafficking conspiracy, and forced labor conspiracy. And... They also hit her up about her marriage. When they took her to court, they're like, all this shit, (laughs) plus it's a fake marriage. That's baloney. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) (laughs) You're going down for everything. Yeah, I just thought that was funny. Yeah. And that traffic ticket you didn't pay, bitch, we're going to get you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And this, to me, was the worst part. Mm -hmm. On the 24th, they released her on $5 million bail. But on the account that she has to go live under house arrest with her parents. <laughs> like, I'm just indicted for all this horrible shit, and now I'm stuck in a house with my parents. Yeah. Like, what a punishment. Right? And it's not like you just did... It's not like you did something bad where you, like, you stole something, or you got in a car accident, an accident happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, you part of a cult you were sex trafficking you were branding other women you know what i think too i feel um, there's another thing i had heard which i just thought of with the branding they would also take pictures of the women the men would take pictures of the women in the meetings Hmm. and they would do slideshows and the very first time they i think that they did it keith said like oh we've got a, a great lot of cows this year I'm going to show off some of these cows. And the first few photos were actual cows. And then the next photo was maybe, like, someone's boobs or their butt. And it was, like, pictures that different men in the group would take of other women in the group. So they knew who it was. So they would objectify them. But it was very interesting to me that he's like, oh, we've got some cows here. And you're branding them. Like, I don't know. I just felt like that was a weird thing. And I felt like they were, I, I feel like they are connected. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do too, yeah. But he would do weird stuff. And the branding sounded awful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they would, They. would. I'm sure it was disgusting too, but they, they gave the girls like masks to wear mm-hmm. because you could smell the burning flesh. So there's actually a licensed doctor. So that right there mm-hmm. scares me because you're like, oh, it's a doctor. Right? What, what doctor? Right, yeah. What doctor w- w- it took part of this though? Yeah. I mean, like... Where did you actually find a medical professional that was like, yeah, cool, I'll bring these people for you? And the doctor would bring a cauterizing pen and sit there for, if if you stayed still, the lease would be 25 to 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. If you moved around a lot, like 45 minutes of just being burned. Yeah, and Sarah, in her her interview or podcast there, she, she said the first girl that went wasn't quite knowing what to expect and she touched her just barely and she like jumped off the table Mm -hmm. she was like in so much pain Mm -hmm. so how these girls did it i i don't know and like for sarah she kept saying i've done childbirth i can do this i can do this and she was trying to be really really strong because they had made her think like oh you're just being weak again i'm all tatted up and it sounds painful (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I, I remember once I had my, my nose burned inside, they, they did something like that to stop my nosebleeds. Do you remember that day? I came mm-hmm. to work at Verizon, <laughs> and I, I went home because it was it burned so much on the inside, and it wasn't the same kind of procedure that they, they do. It's a, a different material, I guess, because mm-hmm. it's like an acid they use for your nose, but still, I was like, oh, I can't even imagine. Like, I'm sure that was way more intense what those girls went through. Yeah. It sounded intense. Yeah. The scar looks intense. Yeah. And I, I saw a picture of all the scars, like a bunch of them, and they mm-hmm. all look really intense. Yeah, and um, Sarah was saying even five months after, her still wasn't fully healed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. How deep did that go? Like It must have been deep. Ooh. So deep. Ooh. I don't know. 
Excuse me. So, um, like we said towards the beginning, both um, Allison and Nancy. What's her name, Nancy? Nancy was Nancy our, Salzman. Mm-hmm. And then also Keith. They're all still on trial to this day. They've all pleaded guilty to racketeering, mm-hmm. which I didn't I didn't really know what that word meant. Are you oh, familiar with I'm it? I'm not. I, I saw that that's what they were charged with, but I... It's, um, I looked it up. I, I'm assuming it's uh, in relation to recruiting. It's um, running, making profit off of basically like a shady business. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So they got charged for the Ponzi scheme. Yeah, they all pleaded guilty to that. There's still some question. Well, it's probably like the, the least harmful thing that they they could plead to. I mean, he already had a Ponzi scheme once and he recovered yeah, just fine. Yeah, he got out of that. Yeah. But they're both facing at least 15 years in prison. I think it should be more, but that's mm-hmm. the least, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just a weird one. I feel like we had so much here. We had a crime going on. We had secret society, a secret society, the sex, the, I'm sure there was tons of drugs, you know? I, I think I had heard a thing that there was drug use and cocaine. He, he used cocaine, right? I think he, so. Yeah. Here's what scares me is this is even the first time I've heard this. Mm-hmm. I have a singer from a band who I really used to like, and he turned out to be running a similar sex cult with underage girls. He'd give them drugs. He would have sex with them sometimes. He would sell them to other people for sex. He had them get tattoos right over their vagina of his initials. And I was telling this to my parents, and they're like, oh, yeah, that happens. And they listed somebody Wait, else that did it. Another that celebrity. Happens? That just happened. Apparently, it's more common than you think in Hollywood. Wow. Mm-hmm. And when I say in Hollywood, I mean in the Hollywood. showbiz, I guess. Yeah. Not just Hollywood. People are weird, and I guess celebrities are particularly weird. Because so they have a bunch of sense. money. And, and they nothing can just, to do. Yeah. yeah. Whatever do do sick fantasies they've been having, they can afford to live them out. Yeah. Well, let's cleanse our palate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Allison Mack and... How do you say it? Nixium? Nixium? I've been saying Nixium, yeah. So we're going to do something new this season. We're not going to tell you who we're talking about next week. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell you that this is an actor from the movie The Pursuit of Happiness. Oh. Because there are so many actors in that that it's hard to know who it would be. I know, but you can narrow at least down to to some of our actors. Yeah. Like, like, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I was gonna Shut try up. to, you know, it's sad. I was trying to think of an actress to name that I knew wouldn't wasn't in there, and the only actress I could think of was dead. And I was like, I don't want to say that. <laughs> it's terrible. I know. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, and and who's to say it's an actress? It might not even be an actress. It could be an, be an actor, actor, actress. It could be a dog. Maybe. <laughs> I do dogs join cults? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just checking. Well, guys, thanks for listening, and if you're not checking us out online, then you suck, but you can check us out on our Instagram, which is at Once Upon a Cult, our Twitter, which is also Once Upon a Cult, Once Upon a Cult. and Patreon.com forward slash Once Upon a Cult for our two bonus episodes. Two. Two. Where we had someone that joined not one, but two <laughs> Colts. Yeah, two. <laughs> two. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, Colts. All right, bye, Colties.